Hello again, and welcome to the Center for Nursing Inquiry podcast. I am with Maddie Whalen today, um, talking about the Johns Hopkins Evidence-Based Practice for Nurses and Healthcare Professionals Model and Guidelines, fourth edition. I'm Nadine Rosenblum, a Nursing Inquiry Coordinator with the CNI, and I have with me Maddie Whalen. Hi, Maddie. Hey, Nadine. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, So I wanted to ask you today about among the appendices in the book, Appendix D, the Hierarchy of Evidence Guide. What is this? So our Appendix D, um, the Hierarchy of Evidence Guide or tool, is really a cheat sheet for anyone who is doing an evidence appraisal. And by that, I mean, it is a place that's a sort of a one-stop shop to go if you want to have a snapshot of the different types of evidence and where they fall amongst the five levels of the Hopkins model, as well as which evidence levels are considered research evidence and which ones are considered non-research evidence. And so why is that important? So just like all of evidence-based medicine, the Johns Hopkins evidence-based practice model uses an evidence hierarchy. And there are literally dozens of evidence hierarchies out there in the world. They've been used for over 40 years to help inform literature reviews and um, guide changes in practice. But really what they are is a tool to create a shared understanding amongst a team um, related to what evidence can and should change practice as well as what you can expect from those levels of evidence. So for example, a randomized control trial has very different expectations, not only about how they executed the project, but also how they reported on it as compared to something like a quality improvement project, which has a very different set of expectations as well as things that you would expect to read about when they're reporting out about what they did. Okay, so you're starting to talk a little bit about what the hierarchy of evidence means. What does the hierarchy part mean? So the hierarchy is a way to more or less rank which types of evidence are able to change practice. So in the Johns Hopkins model, we normally change practice based on having high quality evidence in the research category. So levels one, two, and three. We're more judicious about changing practice if we have what are considered lower levels of evidence, like quality improvement, integrated reviews, literature reviews, which fall under that level four and level five evidence. So again, it creates a shared understanding about which levels of evidence can really drive practice change, as well as the quality associated with each of those levels that you can expect. That's really helpful to know. Thanks for that. Now, this one looks a little bit different than some of the other appendices in which it's not really so interactive. It looks kind of just more like something to refer to. Exactly. And that's actually a really good point. Um, I haven't really thought about it that way before, but all of the other tools, all the other appendices are more like worksheets. So you're sort of filling in questions, you're filling in boxes, whereas this is more, I like to refer to as a, refer to it as a cheat sheet. Um, and so we actually, um, in previous versions, when it was a little bit longer, um, we actually would print it out and have it laminated and give it out to groups um, it is now just you can print it out on a letter, regular letter size 
paper and just have it available. So when you're, if you're going to be spending the afternoon going through evidence, it's really easy to look at this and sort of remind yourself, okay, well, I think that this is a research study, so I'm going to go to my Appendix E, or I think this is non-research, so I'm going to go to Appendix F. It kind of gives you a nice starting point. It doesn't necessarily provide enough information for you to completely land on the type of evidence that you have or the level you have, but it gives you a nice starting point and sort of an overview of where you might want to begin. That sounds great. Now, is there anything in particular about this tool, this cheat sheet that you feel we should know about in addition to what you've mentioned so far? Um, just that it's really helpful to have on hand and that if you are having any confusion about where your article might fall, um, not only are we available to help you, but when you actually go to the appendix, the appendix E or the F, it's going to ask you some additional questions that might help refer you if you sort of made the wrong decision it's going to refer you to the right one. So it'll ask you a series of questions that might um, refer you to the other appendix, or it might you might realize that you start answering no to a lot of the questions when you would expect to have a lot of yeses. And then that might be a hint that you maybe have um, landed on the wrong level, the wrong tool, and you might want to take a step back and reevaluate. Um, so the tools really are sort of meant to have some fail safes in there to help redirect you if you maybe started off in the not the most correct spot. That sounds great. Good, good guidance there for that. Um, anything else you wanted to mention before we wrap this podcast up today? Um, just that we're available to help at any time. So the Center for Nursing Inquiry, we love getting questions about articles. EBP is really done as a team. And so if you're reading an article and either you're reading it alone and so you want a second opinion, or maybe your team, one person thinks one thing and someone thinks the other and you need that magic tiebreaker vote. Um, we are always available to take a look at an article and sort of weigh in. Um, a lot of EBP really isn't black and white, and there is a good amount of gray area. And so, although that's not well captured in this very concrete table, um, it does come up in a lot of conversations that we have about EBP. So remember to always ask your teammates, as well as you can always ask us in the Center for Nursing Inquiry. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. And as Maddie mentioned, we are always available. You can find us at the Hopkins intranet and hopkinsmedicine.org slash nursing slash center nursing inquiry. You can Google us, Center for Nursing Inquiry, or you can email us at nursinginquiry at jhmi.edu. So that's all for this one. Thanks for joining us again. Bye, Maddie. Thank you.